0: We also have a good one joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Maybe he's called me babe before. I don't know. I mean, sometimes we have that time. I bet he definitely has. Yeah, I, maybe I've called him babe before. We've been doing a podcast together for quite some time. It's Doug Branson of the Lockdown Hornets podcast and everyhornetsboxscore.com. Doug, how are you doing?
1: Hey, babe, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, babe. <laughs> Appreciate it.
0: Getting a little weird, to be honest with you. I apologize for that. I'm the one that opened the door. I take full responsibility. I do want to talk a little bit about the Charlotte Hornets team and a positive, right? Because we did see the Boston Celtics just destroy the Charlotte Hornets. I didn't expect the Hornets to win with all the injuries, but one of the positives we can lead off with here, just a little softball for you, Doug. Let's have something positive to say about Jalen McDaniels who did score a career high against Boston. He scored 24, previous career high was 21 against OKC. What have you made of his season so far as one of the players, Steve Clifford, has really given glowing reviews about? What have you made of his performance this year?
1: Well, before we get to Jalen McDaniels, I just want to say it's great to be on the official Wes and Walker show uh, but I do have to, uh, I do have to request that I, like Matt Rule, also get a five-year plan. Uh, but, but do note that uh, in 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 the following years, I will be bad at being a guest, and, and I will get worse every year.
0: Okay, that, uh, but, that, but that's fair. Years, well, we can give you like to be a great guest. Yeah, that's fine. We'll give you a 12-year plan. It doesn't really matter because apparently he <laughs> thinks he deserves like a decade-long plan. So you're welcome as long as you want to, whether you're bad or good. Um, but it all starts right here with this Jalen McDaniels take.
1: Well, you know, we have to remember that last season he missed 19 games with the first ankle injury of his entire career. Um, And, you know, so it wasn't a given coming into this season, right, that he was going to be uh, 100% ready to go and ready to sort of make the next uh, step in his career. But but I think he has. You know, he started off the season really hot from three offensively. He was a factor early in the season, helping to, you know, uh, deal with some of the injuries that they had early in the season. But more importantly, he's been a really versatile defender who Clifford has used to defend multiple positions and multiple different types of players. He's generating steals and blocks at a good rate. Uh, you know He has cooled down offensively, but he's starting to tick back up, and that 24-point game is, is a signal for that. And he's one of the few Hornets that I think has a decent ISO game, turns it over a little bit too much, can drive the basketball, has to improve his finishing. He's been hitting corner threes. So there's a lot to like with Jalen. There's a full menu of things that he can become. And I think that's what has to excite you as a Hornets
0: fan. All right, there's plenty of time to get into the negative. We will in just a minute, but I did want to ask you about what the best story is with this Hornets team. Is it Dennis Smith Jr. and his emergence after almost going to football, coming back and really finding a home with Charlotte? Kai Jones getting minutes lately. Is it PJ starting to expand his talent level a little bit more so? If I had to ask you what the best storyline so far for this Hornets team this
2: year is, what would you say? He wants you to say Dennis Smith. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Well, listen, that's been a fantastic story. <laughs> Damn right that's it has, been Doug. been strangest <laughs> story, right? Dennis Smith Jr. and Teo Maladon both kind of found money. Like, it's, it's, you know, Teo Maladon was signed just a few days before the season got started. He's been playing excellently on both ends of the floor. You know, these two-way players that the Hornets have been missing for years, they're finally getting them, but they got them in some strange places in Dennis Smith Jr. and Teo Maladon. So that's been a fantastic but a strange story. I think the best story is kind of the silver lining that you have to pull from the injuries that they've sustained. And that silver lining is the baby B energy. I mean, we've gotten to see a lot from not only Kai Jones and James Knight, but also Bryce McGowan's got some good time against Boston. And so good or bad, you are starting to find out, you know, what, what these individual players have and what they don't have and what they still have to work on. We couldn't say that last season because we barely saw some of these young players, which was a kind of a complaint from Mitch Kupchak and company about Borrego's tenure, or at least that final year, that they didn't have enough intel on these young players. I think one of the best stories is that we are finally starting to get that intel.
2: Doug, talking about P.J. Washington, and he's having a career high when you're talking about scoring per game, what have you seen from his game? Are we seeing the best of him, and can he really be a replacement for Miles Bridges if we need him to to be that front-court star?
1: No, I don't think that he's going to replace the the Miles Bridges level of of offensive capability. Uh, but I think defensively, he's been super important. Uh, you know, to me, it's it's been all about P.J. Washington, like Terry Rozier, being asked to do some things that at the beginning of the season it, it wasn't very clear that that he would be asked to do. Like P.J. Washington came into the season saying, "I want to be a defender." And this Hornets team was going to need players to step up and say, yes, I want to focus on the defensive end of the floor, even if it means I have to sacrifice offensively. And then all of a sudden, one after another, the Hornets' main offensive pieces started to go down with injuries. And then you you turn and say, all right, PJ, we actually need you to score and score in a variety of different ways and sometimes score on your own. And that is, to me, a very new element of his game, being able to score on his own as opposed to being facilitated too. He's definitely done a good job with that. But I I think, and and, and Walker has mentioned this on Locked on Hornets, that we kind of have maxed out what we're going to get from him offensively. And and I I don't know that there's much more than that. But but that's not a slight. I mean, what he's putting together is like solid glue guy, solid role player. Um, That can be very attractive, certainly to the Hornets, but it can also be attractive to some contending teams later this season.
2: And then flipping the page, still in the front court, Kai Jones. We've seen that he's starting to get more minutes, and we're seeing some of that athleticism and all of the things that make us drool about his prospects. What have you seen from him, and and what do you like about Kai Jones so far, and how how much potential do you feel like that he has?
1: An amazing amount of potential. I mean, he's obviously standing out for the highlight dunks, right? I mean, that's the thing that we love to see, that fans love to see. But he's also doing little things that I think are, have earned him more minutes. Because you have to remember, like he, did it. he got these little four-minute spurts in the second and the fourth w- without really like a clear indication that there was going to be that opportunity. There wasn't like one particular injury or, or instance where he went, oh, yeah, obviously they have to go to Kai here. No, he actually, without us seeing it on the floor, he earned those minutes. And I think it's the little things that he's screening really well like, for the amount of time that he spends on the court, his, his screen assist rate is super high. It's leading to buckets for the Charlotte Hornets. He's also helping with the help blocks. He's rebounding really well. He's able to put it on the floor, draw defense, and not turn it over. Now, he's not you know, necessarily, like, finishing at a high volume. He's not scoring a ton, but he is, he is showing you that ability to move the basketball and move a defense, and that's going to be super exciting to see as he moves forward and develops. You know, everyone's focused on Victor webin right now in this upcoming draft, coming in and, like, revolutionizing the game with what he can do skill-wise matched with his length. Uh, but there are guys right now like Kai Jones and Bo Bol floating around the NBA that are making highlight reels with webin Yamish type skills. And so, you know, what I would say is, like, the future is now in Charlotte, and it's Kai Jones.
0: I just want to make note that Doug Branson brought up screen assist, and it's the first time we've heard a good reference like that since Cody Zeller was in town. I mean, Doug, I, I'm surprised because you are a traditional box score guy.
1: Well, listen. You know, he, it's okay to bring it up with him because he's giving you he's giving you the flash and he's giving you the broccoli, right? I mean, but the broccoli <laughs> is what gets him on the floor. Like Clifford loves the broccoli and he's giving you the broccoli. I
2: Look, love the uh, the analytics too. I like that when uh, you busted that out. I was like, oh yeah, screen assist, yeah. Doug. Oh, talk That's dirty dope. to me, screen
0: assist. What else you got? It's yeah, Doug I Branson. Like the little
1: stuff. Anything, anything for you, babe. <laughs> for
0: you, babe. <laughs> it's, it's Doug Branson from Locked Out Hornets. Also, every Hornets box score. I did want to ask you about this too. Something me and Fiddy have been uh, arguing about regarding the offense for this team. Fiddy has said Steve Clifford can't coach offense. I've said that it's unfair to say that with all of the injuries. I know we were digging into some of the first stint offensive numbers for Steve Clifford when he was coaching the Bobcats slash Hornets. What did you find when you went to explore some of those numbers from Steve Clifford the first time around?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's unfair to say he can't coach offense. I mean, he did turn around a Bobcats organization that was bottom five in the league in offense nearly their entire existence. And, and by the time 15-16 rolled around that second playoff run that Clifford uh, was heading up, they had gotten into the top ten in offense. Now, it's interesting the way that he did that was by, you know, obviously leaning heavily on Kimball Walker and the offense that he could generate but also not turning it over, getting to the free throw line, and making sure that they were taking shots at the rim and beyond the three-point line. Uh, the, you know, the question, I think, is can he coach offense in the way that the NBA has changed in that short time between 15-16 and now, where everything is so high-octane, high pace? it's the way the offense was built last season under Borrego, can he maintain that? I think it's unfair to critique that because he hasn't had some of those tools that Borrego had to make that kind of thing happen. Chief among them, LaMelo Ball, obviously, but also they lost a a lot of offensive punch when when Miles Bridges, uh, you you know, that situation around his restricted free agency and and domestic violence charges, like all of that offense, he was going to have to figure out a way to replace. And then they lost Cody Martin, who was an essential part of the offense as well last year too. I mean, he was a spot up, you know, catch and shoot three point shooter that was important to the offense last season. Here's what we know. This team is getting to the rim really effectively. They're generating open shots. Uh, They're just not making them. And and apart from some outlier blowouts, uh, they've generally defended quite well. So Clifford has been able to install better defense. And so I think it's reasonable to assume that if this team had come into the season healthy, the defense still would have improved. And he probably holds the offense a little bit more accountable, too, and has some tools, and they'd be somewhere around league average.
2: Now, Doug Bryce McGowan's came in early in that Boston game when the game still mattered. I guess for a little bit of the time that it did, but he had ten points, a plus six, plus minus on the game. What do you think it's going to take for him to start getting a, a few more minutes out there? And can he really bring something to this Hornets backcourt?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know for him, it's probably going to be more opportunity based, especially when when the the main part of the backcourt. Gets a little bit healthier. I think it's going to be difficult this season for him to see significant play play time um, unless there were more injuries for him. I think right now it's all about the defensive end of the floor. I mean, I think offensively he's shown the ability to to knock down shots and to knock down multiple shots and be an impact player offensively. Yeah, but that, t- if you remember back in summer league, that t- that tended to come and go. So against Boston, we 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 saw it, you know, in in high gear. But we've also seen what happens when Bryce McGowan's is not able to be effective offensively, and, and he, he struggles to to really make an impact on the floor because defensively he, he has issues right now. He has to improve on that end of the floor. But, but, I you know, offensively he looks so comfortable and he looks like he can get really to any spot he wants to in the, on the floor, and that's such a coveted thing to have as an offensive player. And so I'm confident that, you know, as, as the years progress, Bryce McGowan uh, can be a big part of this rotation.
0: All right, that's Doug Branson from the Locked On Hornets podcast. You can also check out his sub stack at everyhornetsboxscore.com. Doug, great stuff. We will decide to go ahead and give you that five-year deal. Maybe we can make it 10 with a certain clause if you do well on the next time we have you. So we appreciate the time, man. Thanks again.
1: <laughs> yeah, five years is going to be great. Five years, lots of lots of opportunities, going to be great.